You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Hello, Michael. Andre. I'm on the road again. Yeah, we... Um, Just can't wait to get on the road again. We effed up again Making with our scheduling. With my friend. Oh, God. Can, <laughs> can, you, can you please, for the love of God, update your musical references to something from at least the past 20 years and not the past 70 years? I'm crazy about a Mercury, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm I'm actually anxious about the fact. Like, I'm heading to to Burgundy next week, and we're hopefully going to podcast something about that. And I'm just bracing myself for the jokes. I don't think I'm going to be heading to anywhere or to any producers that that work with Mercury. So, I think we should be okay. The listeners, you should be saved from the dad jokedness. Oh no, there's no safe. There's no safe. I will look up Burgundy song just for that. <laughs> Um, so you and I have both been very busy and that's the reason why you're on the road is like, we're, we're both, it, it just feels like with the world sort of reopening, um, we're both getting a lot of opportunities to kind of get caught up on stuff that we've missed over the past couple years. And I mean, it, it, it does feel, it does feel good. Um, I don't want anyone listening to the podcast thinking that we're phoning it in, even though one of us technically is, we do have a lot of exciting thing in the work. So we just are asking you to bear with us while we, um, while we continue to work through dealing with each other's schedules. Once I get back from France, I'm, I'm gone at the end of this week, we're recording this on the 27th and I'll be back on the 13th. So we'll see, we'll see how things come together over the next couple of weeks. Well, I know that we've got some winemakers uh, on the hook. Uh, not just from Ontario, but uh, from around the world. So, uh, yeah, once uh, I guess I guess what's happened is it's the lingering effect of the pandemic, and uh, people got back into the swing of things very quickly, um, and things started to happen. Trips started to happen, um, uh, and and things just got very very busy very quickly. I guess that's that's the best way to say it, and it's it's nice. But it, it really has played havoc with our schedule. It has, it has, and I mean, we're both like, I mean, we're both pretty, pretty, like, we're fortunate as journalists to get opportunities to uh, to get opportunities to take part in these trips and to take part in all these tastings. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard for us to say no when we've, you know, we we really like being blunt. We struggled during the pandemic to keep the content fresh, and we want to thank all the. Um, all the winemakers, all the wineries who helped us make sure we kept the content fresh while we're doing that. Um, we ha- we will not be forgetting about you. But anyways, um, speaking of speaking of stuff that we've been doing, um, not just traveling overseas and whatnot, but domestically, um, you and I have both had an opportunity to judge some uh, very well known uh, very well known wine competitions. Yeah, I did the uh, the annual All Canadian Wine Championships, and and you got invited to, again to the uh, the Ontario Wine Awards. And uh, I have to be honest, I, uh, I have not heard the announcements from the Ontario Wine Awards, as I don't know if you've uh, heard anything from the All-Canadians. Uh, I, I have not. Uh, they, they did do like the big, the big Ontario Wine Awards thing last week, uh, and I've got the results in front of me. Uh, there was definitely, I can tell you that um, during the competition itself, uh, like Tony... Tony and Deborah are usually very good and very well organized. It's a it's a well curated panel of judges. Um, there was a bigger panel of judges this year. It it did feel like they tried the best they could to compensate for, um, I guess hospitality and just how short staffed everyone is in terms of the pandemic. Like it's hosted at George Brown College, but I mean 
it, it definitely was a hectic day judging wines the day of the competition. Uh, I would say we had our, we, we, you guys do one day, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. We do, uh, we do three uh, of judging. And I'm glad to say it's, it's not, from my point of view, it's not hectic. I, I am positive from the, the folks that are putting the wines together and bringing the scores together and all of that. I am sure the first two days are the most hectic. But it all seems to run so smoothly that, that we just never, never notice. That we're just oblivious in drinking wine. Which is probably what exactly happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so do we want to just, I, I mean, apart from the, the actual competition itself, like it, it was an interesting, interesting lineup of wines. Um, I mean, for those who listen to the podcast, who haven't listened to pad pro- past podcasts when we talk about wine competitions, when you're a judge at a wine competition, you don't taste every wine that's entered in the competition. They take all the judges, they split you into panels. And then the panels come to some sort of a, a consensus on which are the best wines in panels. So um, you don't taste necessarily every varietal and every variety that's presented at the competition. Um, I was fortunate enough, and uh, I think Tony must be listening to the podcast, um, because I got to judge Chardonnay over $25, which is always a pleasure, but always a tough category because the quality of Chardonnay is quite high. Uh, Cabernet Franc and Pinot Noir were uh, the three categories that were standouts in uh, in my mind that I had a chance to taste. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, do we want to just? How do we want to do this, Michael? Do we want to go through like just? I'll go through well, some of the results well, and I, we'll have a quick discussion. Or do we want to go back and forth? Or do we want to split this into two parts where we talk about Ontario wine, the Ontario Wine Awards, and then we talk about the All Canadians after that? No, I think we could probably get it all done in in one. I, I usually just like to tell you the uh, the big awards, and, and thankfully Ontario did take home uh, three big ones. But uh, uh, but I, I will also say that uh, I I got to taste a bunch of rosé, um, and my rosé report is coming out at the beginning of July, and uh, it's it's because of the uh, of the of the All Canadians. I get to taste a lot of the BC stuff too, so um, that's why uh, there's a there's a nice swath let's say of uh, of bc wines that are going to be in the report this year yeah i mean have been in in the past i mean when we so when we get to the all canadians i mean i I always have questions about the the ontario contingency but i mean let's let's roll through let's roll through the ontario wine awards first um off off the top the um i mean there was a lot of paul pender content at the ontario wine awards i think deservedly so uh like paul left a huge impact on the on the industry and for a long time he he is going to be leaving a huge immediate tangible impact on the industry uh so they announced a new award a new category at the ontario wine awards called the um the paul pender rising star award winner um i I believe that they had a panel that was separate from the judges who judged the wines who uh were chosen uh to decide who was going to be the the rising star the winner was alex baines and, okay. uh, and he is the winemaker at Hidden Bench now. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah. And where is he from? Uh, I'm looking at the bio that we've got here. First arrived in Niagara in August of 2012 after spending two years in Australia, uh, where he was introduced to the wine industry, worked harvests at Taws. Um, I mean, I mean, this is one thing where we could probably get an entire podcast out of that, but uh, I haven't had a chance to to speak of Alex Baines. So it's, uh, I guess good, good for him and good for the award category to identify new and upcoming talent. Yeah, would definitely be. 
Um, obviously, winemaker of the year went to Paul Pender. I think we all we all saw that coming. I, I would have thought he would have won that before. I'm just saying. <laughs> I believe he did win it before. Uh, I, I think this was just in in um, an acknowledgement of the tragedy and and you know as I mentioned before the 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 void that's going to be left in the industry by losing such a, a big figure like that. Got it. Okay. Um, the white wine of the year was Domaine Calus, uh, La Grande Reserve Chardonnay 2020. Um, as I mentioned, I was on the, the panel that judged, uh, judge Chardonnay. Um, there was no debate among the judges that this was hands down the best Chardonnay on the panel that we, uh, that we tasted. Uh, I haven't tasted any of the Kalu's 2020 uh, Chardonnays. I've tasted the 19s, and I tasted the 18s, obviously. But the 2020s are probably, you know, that big, rich, nice, um, you know, mouth filling, but with that Ontario acidity. Am I right on on that one? A hundred percent. It was. It was just this like endless, endless depth of like everything you you hope and expect Chardonnay to taste like. You know, going from the orchard fruit to some tropical notes, mixing in some like honey and beeswax with like really nice lifted acid, notes of vanilla and spice that don't overpower the wine. Um, this is a monster wine that you need to get your hands on. Excellent. Okay. Um, red wine of the year went to a Peninsula Ridge uh, Reserve Syrah 2016. And you know, every time I set foot into Peninsula Ridge, I just, I remind, I keep reminding myself that I, I need to set foot in there more often. They're a winery where not every wine in their portfolio is is a banger, but the good stuff at Peninsula Ridge is really good. I usually stock up on their Merlot. Yeah, and uh, it's not overly priced. I've always found that about Peninsula Ridge that they've always had good pricing. I could tell you that their rosé is fifteen bucks this year, so you know um, that that it always makes me happy to see wines that are, are value priced along with you know. Uh, good quality. Totally, totally. Uh, I'm not going to roll through every every category. Uh, I'll just roll through some categories where some like it it raised some eyebrows, but in a good way. I'm going to keep this on a on a positive note. The uh, off dry riesling category um, had three gold medals. Um, wow. Vineland Estate Saint Urban 2021, 30 Bench Small Lot Wild Cask 2019, and Taz Corey Road 2019. Uh, I think it's just fantastic whenever I see Brian's. Brian St. Urban work its way into the into the lineup. Like that wine is just so affordable. Well, it's always nice to see uh, Ontario doing what they do best, right? Which is reasoning. Hundred percent. We just need to we just need to convince more people to drink it. That is true. Uh, let's see here. Oak Chardonnay over twenty. I already mentioned the Domaine Calus. Uh, silver is fascinating. Uh, the Bachelder Wismer Foxcroft 2019 Chardonnay, but also the Magnata Limited Edition Chardonnay got a silver, uh, and the bronze as well. Henry Pelham Estate Chardonnay. I had a chance to taste um, that 2020 Chardonnay that was just sent to me for review, and man, I really love what Lawrence Bueller, the winemaker there, has done to their Chardonnay and Pinot Noir program. Um, I can go go back to my tasting notes like read i guess 2017 and my tasting notes are all the same like it's it's a good chardonnay but needs time oak notes are over present need time to integrate where like now these wines are showing up and they have nice balance with oak and they have 
perfect structure to age in a cellar if you decide to be crazy and have a massive amount of Chardonnay in your cellar like I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a solid lineup of, of Chardonnay and like showing like once again, you've got a couple of the smaller, more boutique producers shoulder to shoulder with some of the bigger old guard who are continuing to make make good wine. Henry Pelham's known for more than just Bacco. Well, I was also uh, really liking the, um, the, as you mentioned, Pinot in there. Um, the, the 19, just the, the regular estate Pinot, uh, the 19 and the 20, were both really solid wines. And if I'm not mistaken, they still sit around about 18, by 18 and 20 bucks, uh, which, you know, for a Pinot in the province is, is you know, pretty damn good. Totally. Um, the Pinot Noir Award, other category that I was a, a, a judge on, uh, double, well, two golds, one for Domaine Calus Pinot Noir, Claus uh, and Chase Pinot Noir 2019, silver to Claus and Chase South Clos Pinot Noir, silver to Le Clos Jordan Village Pinot Noir, and bronze to the Locust Lane Estate Winery Pinot Noir. So, I mean, there were a lot of medals given out in the category. The category was really good. They're all from 2019, which was a very challenging vintage to, to work with. That was the vintage that my company, ADX, we made our first red wine since 2015 from, and it was not an easy wine to get to the finish line. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's just another fascinating lineup to see some really fantastically affordable wines up there. Like the... Le Closure and Le Village Pinot is, is what, like twenty nine bucks, twenty five bucks. It's 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 not it's not a whole lot of money for a really good Pinot. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's I'm surprised. Uh, not well, actually, I'm not surprised by the um, by the lineup there that you just ran up. But the uh, Locust Lane one was a little bit of a really uh, to be up there in such esteemed company as uh, Le Clos, uh, Clausen, um, and um, uh, and uh, Calus. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, rolling down the list some more, we've got... The not, not that there's anything wrong with Locust Lane. All I'm saying is that, you know, if you think of, you, you think of Niagara Pinot, you think Calus, you think uh, LaCloe, you think, uh, and then you, 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 uh, for Prince Edward County, you think of Clausen. Uh, I don't think anybody would go, yeah, uh, Locust Lane, Pinot, yeah, that's, that's what they're known for. I know foundation. I had a chance to do really great tasting with uh, with Jeff, the winemaker at Locust Lane last year, and I was I was impressed foundationally, like with what they've done with that winery, like reviving the old Mike Weir property. But um, I mean, he he filled me in on the fact that basically every barrel in the cellar for the first couple of batches of wine were brand new, and it was definitely reflected in the winemaking. Um, I think I think decisions were made to tone down the oak and make the wines as balanced as possible, but I think it's going to take a couple of years for that place to really take off. But, you know, having having full control over where and what your barrels came from and knowing where the, the program starts from the beginning, I think is a fascinating way to get things going. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the wines progress from that place. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more medals uh, for Locust Lane next year and the year after that as well. It would be nice to see some some new, uh, new blood in the awards. Okay, Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc Award. Uh, Taz, David's Block from 2019. Domaine Calus, uh, Cabernet Franc Reserve from 2020 were both gold. Inniskillen Reserve Cab Franc, uh, got, sorry, from 2018, got silver. And Ravine Vineyard Lana's Block got bronze. Wow. Um, I mean, once again, no real surprises there, except that we got a gold and a bronze from 2019, which is a vintage where I'm surprised if we saw any ripe Cabernet Franc. Well, you, there would have to be some pockets there that would be uh, be pretty ripe. 
I would I would I would have to think I can't believe that uh, that it was all underripe. No, I know that. I I know that, but I mean even even <laughs> just, with even with just the, just the way you're just the way you're talking, it's like you're surprised by by Cabernet Franc. It's just it's it's the grape Ontario, you know, should be hanging its hat on more often. No, I listen, I agree. I think you you and I we've talked quite a bit about having like the bell pepperedness that ends up in Cabernet Franc from cooler vintages. Um I would have expected these wines to be a little bit more savory, but I remember tasting that panel and things being rich, delightful, fruity, nice tannic balance with some cellarability, which is not something I would think about in 2019. It's not saying that the wines wouldn't be good, but to take a look at the fact that um, the gold medal winners from 2019, a bronze medal winners from 2019, the silvers from 2018, which was a long wet fall, even though a pretty hot summer, like, you know, you're seeing the cool vintages shoulder to shoulder with the warm vintages, which I guess goes back to another theme that you and I've talked about quite a bit on this podcast is getting rid of the vocabulary of good and bad vintages in Niagara and just talking about warm and cool vintages. And it's clear that regardless of vintage conditions, we can make great wines, which brings me to the next category, which raised an eyebrow to me. And it's once again, full disclosure that Vadim Shalikov is a good friend of mine. And Rockway is where ADX makes its wine. I was not a judge on this panel for Syrah. The uh, the gold medal winner went to Big Head for their raw Syrah from 2020. Another gold medal to Peninsula Ridge, their reserve Syrah, the red wine of the show. And also a gold medal to the proprietor's block Syrah from 2019. And a silver medal to Rockway for their 2018 Syrah. 2018 Syrah. Yeah, wow. twenty. So twenty eighteen got a silver, twenty nineteen got a gold. How about that? Well, look, um, you know, I would I would still say that there are going to be certain pockets that are going to you know ripen fruit a little bit better, and obviously we we're starting to figure out what those pockets are. Yep. And once again, I think I think to the point that I made with the the Cabernet Franc is you know with, in the hands of the right winemaker in the hands of the right viticulturalists, um, uh, you you can make great wine regardless of vintage conditions. So, and I, and I can't believe there's going to be a much of that wine. You know what I mean? Yep, totally. Uh, they probably had to drop a lot of fruit and, and and stuff like that. So you know we're talking about very you know uh, if you if you do have a good viticulturalist if you do have all the right tools in place. You, you didn't make a lot of wine, just the wine you made was of good quality. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so you and I, we have been yakking along for about 20 minutes here. Do we want to take a take a break, or are you, are you ready to hop on for All-Canadian uh, Wine Championship? No, no, I'll do the, the, the All-Canadian Wine Championships, and, I, and I'm just going to talk about the big three, because Ontario, you know, uh, the, the, they give a lot more, uh, sorry, the All-Canadians give out a lot more medals. Uh, so to go through, you know, yards and yards of lists would uh, would not be as exciting. Um, and, but you can find it at the All Canadian Wine Championships dot com. Um, but uh, the, um, the the I don't I want to call it a surprise, but it's not a surprise to me. Sparkling wine of the year went to Niagara College balance and it's the second year in a row that they've won so interesting uh it, it is a it is a beautiful wine and it's not too expensive the last time i got it i think it was 22.95 it might be 24 dollars now but i mean like that's a traditional method sparkling and it is really really good so um 
you know, a lot of people think of Niagara College as, you know, the teaching winery. The wines may not be good or they'll be cheap. Um, I think their mandate is they can't make a huge profit on stuff, which is why their wines are usually, you know, well-priced. Um, but, uh, you know, a good bottle of bubbly, uh, under 25 is, is worth its weight in gold to me. Um, we finally took the crown back from British Columbia. They seem to have, uh, you know, almost, uh, monopolized ice wine. And I really don't think of BC for ice wine, but year after year, they were always winning for ice wine. And I'm like, where's Ontario? Well, thank God Jackson Triggs came along as their ice wine one this year. Um, that was really good. I'm looking at the website, Michael. Yeah. It's Jackson Triggs Okanagan that won best no! wine of the year. The twenty eighteen Okanagan Reserve Riesling Ice Wine. <sighs> well, I blame Jackson Triggs for having the same label label on both their Okanagan and Niagara. That S- kills me. Sorry, Michael. I take that all back then. Screw you, BC. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have the thirty bench Riesling, small lot triangle that did win uh, the Riesling award. There you go. Um, you know, for, for white wine of the year. So that I was, I was kind of excited about BC obviously won red wine of the year. They always do. Um, it's, it's very, very odd that, uh, that Ontario takes uh, uh, red wine of the year. And, and you know what, why would it, those, some of those BC wines can be so slutty and they're so appealing. Um, and then there was a really interesting um, uh, raspberry wine, uh, that uh, from Quebec that that won uh, Fruit Wine of the Year, and you've got the website there. But I think it was uh, the Valley de Framboise. Yep. Yep. So I have to and, scroll all the uh, way up. Like, there's a lot of medals given out at this at this competition. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Valley de la Framboise. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a percentile thing, right? Ten percent, ten percent, ten percent. Um, so that's how you you win you win there, where the Ontario Wine Awards is like the top wine. Uh, gets or the top scoring wine becomes gold, then the next becomes silver, and if there's a tie, then obviously, um, uh, you know there's there's a there's a there's two or three or whatever the tie is, but uh, the all Canadians there's 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 more medals given out, so that's why those top awards being for you know sparkling and for white wine are are so important to get. Interesting. Uh, we're th- okay. I guess. Oh uh, yeah, I've got the breakdown. The breakdown right here, though. So, I mean, one of the realities is, is statistically speaking, um, Ontario just doesn't enter as many wines as as BC. There's 1,233 wines entered in total, 194 participating wineries, but 372 entries from Ontario and 751 from BC. Do, yeah. Do you is, think? That, do you think? On- to be the breakdown. Do you think Ontario wineries are hesitant to enter the competition? Do you know what I? I- I think they are, and uh, the reason is just traditionally, and I think it, it happens at any time that we have an awards that goes uh, Ontario versus British Columbia, British Columbia will take them, and the, and, and the reason is, uh, I said it before, especially in the red wine category, you get those really slutty red wines, and you know we all say we drink dry, and we all love wine with food, but these competitions, it's not like they're giving me a steak. And I get to cut off 12 pieces and taste 12 wines and go, yeah, that's the one that's going to go best with this steak. Uh, You only get to taste the wine. And because sipping wines show better than uh, food wines, you're usually going to end up with um, with a food wine, with a a sipping wine winning. And that usually would be uh, a British Columbia wine. 
Okay, well, that's and, and once again, anyway, that's well, the way I would go. With but it. once again, like, like, okay, taking a look at the judging panel and knowing that the, the, the judging panel are people who definitely, definitely have great palettes. Uh, like Bev does a great job putting together this, um, this, this competition. But you know, I would, I would play devil's advocate though, and and point out that at the Ontario Wine Awards, we had a lot of wines from cooler vintages that went toe to toe with the warmer vintage wines, which are more likely to do well against the BC wines, right? So, like in the Syrah category, and we would, had. And I would. Go ahead. I would say that as we as we get going, yeah, uh, like next year, and Ontario's got more twenty twenties that are kicking around, uh, and then the year after with the reserves, I would almost um, implore Ontario winemakers to get their ass out there and and put them into the All Canadian so that we we do see a a, a better balance of wines, but okay. also that we can compete with with British Columbia. Okay, well, I guess we'll look forward I, to I seeing the results next year. I think we'll see a lot year. more Ontario awards, a red wine awards um, from the 2020 vintage as we go. No, right on. Uh, we will we will see what happens next year. And um, yeah, any other takeaways from the, the All-Canadians, Michael? Uh, as I said, you know what, since you've got it right there, I didn't even find out what the rosé of the year was, the double gold. So if you would look that up for me so that I can be pleasantly surprised. Uh, as I said, um, I got to taste a, a bunch of rosé, and I would also like to plug the rosé report that is coming out at the beginning of July this year. And I want to thank all the wineries uh, who, who submitted, and I'd like to also say that um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to be missing some of them uh, because of glassware issues, but I know they'll be back next year. Uh, so double gold... Blanc de Noir, rosé and Blanc de Noir style. Is that the, the same thing? Yeah, rosé blush and Blanc de Noir style. God, I hate the word blush for for rosé. Um, Time family of wines, BC 2021 Chronos rosé, uh, double gold, yep. Road 13, Honest John's rosé. Um, yep. Gold in Ontario, or sorry, only gold to 30 bench wine, winemakers blend rosé. Okay. I mean, it's it's one All of the right. things where I've been thinking because I've had a chance to taste uh, quite a few rosés recently as well. I tasted one from the farm yesterday, and um, man, is it ever is it ever different from the when pigs fly that we made this year? Um, but it's also very good. So like, it's just it's still crazy to me how wide the variety of styles are for rosé, but also how narrow that band of of quality is like. I don't think anyone will ever really understand how difficult it is for you to put together this this rosé report, especially as someone who drinks a lot of rosé. It's just like there's so much rosé that's good and so much rosé that's that's very good. The bad ones stand out pretty quick, but it's hard to figure out oh, yes. who's got like the absolute best rosé just because, frankly, the level of quality is pretty pretty high across the board. But also there are so few that like knock your socks off the way like, you know, a really well-made Cabernet Franc or really well-made Pinot Noir will. Well, as I said, I, I I changed the parameters this year, so hopefully I've come up with a good uh, a good um, a good um, I want to say scoring idea. Let's go with that. Until yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I think we a... I think we've we've alluded it, and 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 we may have talked about it a bit on this. Do we want to go like in depth on that on the on the next episode? Or I know we'll, we'll be doing a more in depth episode on the rosé report when um, uh, when it's ready to go. Right. Yeah, so why don't we do that? And then, uh, yeah, so let's 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 give the people a break from our voice for a little bit. Well, I don't know about about me. I'm sure they're sick of your voice, but I'm Andre Pru no, no. from AndreWineReview.ca. 
We appreciate the support on this podcast, even though it's clear that we've had some logistics and scheduling issues. But thank you for sticking by and supporting us along the way. You can support us at patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. And I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Uh, you can find me on social media as the Grape Guy and as Michael Pincus. And Andre, I am I am sitting in a parking lot, and this cutest little puppy just went by, and and my heart just melted. He was just the cutest little thing, little lab puppy. Just there's a non sequitur. Why don't you take us away? Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.